live from the Las Vegas Strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the Sports Betting Preview Show for October 23rd of Pregame.com podcast. Well, thanks, guys. Um, I'm back after a one-week hiatus. Uh, right now, I am currently questionable for the remainder of the show. I don't know if I can if I can make the whole show. So if I don't, the GM of content, Matty O'Shea, will fill in for me. I'll step right I'll in. I'll do the best <laughs> I can. I'll, I'll, we'll see what happens. You did a, a fine job last week as the fill-in host. Thank you. Thank you. You I want the job it. permanently? No. No, oh. one, no one replaces T. Ryder, that's for sure. <laughs> and we have the godfather, Marco D'Angelo. Yeah, he's scribbling something over there. He's working. I mean, I think he's still working on the stench game. That's how hard this guy works. And the man, Vegas runner. Well, guys, the the group's all back together, and it's it's World Series time. We're gonna we're gonna start off with our water cooler story of the week. We're gonna take a look at the World Series. You know, we're gonna look at the game of the week coming up in a little while. Giants, Steelers, our weekly picks. But let's jump into the World Series. Interesting because it's a good matchup baseball-wise, but according to Fox, they're expecting the worst ratings in, four, in a four, 40 years or 14, what is it, 40 years, I think I saw? 40, really? 40 years, the worst rating, TV ratings or something like that. Something crazy, I can't remember the number, but they're not expecting many people. And the thing is, it's a good story. You have this Rays team who's been nothing all these years and has come in and has beat the Red Sox as a and nobody really cares. But baseball wise, this is a heck of a series. Great pitching, Maddie. Great defense. Great, you know, not just home runs like the Rays hit against the uh, Red Sox, but a lot of good timely hitting with these teams. I know you picked the Rays to win this whole thing. Are you sticking with it? How do you see this series shaping up? Well, honestly. <laughs> Since the, this podcast is going out after my uh, game one pick, uh, we're still waiting for this game to get underway. I can tell you that I kind of changed my my uh, view a little bit. Uh, I don't know if that'll be different this time tomorrow, but uh, you know I did like the Phillies going into the series just because uh, I kind of bought into the whole veteran uh, thing. I, I think the Rays kind of shot their load in the in the last round against the Red Sox. Uh, I think I think they're pretty much. The, the team that's happy to be there at this point. I, I really thought that, that beating the Red Sox is kind of like winning their World Series, you know, um, and, and just be, being the fact that they, you know, went to seven games. They were up 3-1 in that series, almost choked it away, and then were able to kind of win that game seven, almost looked like a World Series, like the team won the World Series in that one. And I, it's going to be real interesting to see how they come out in the, the first couple games of the World Series uh, I mean, they definitely have the talent. They definitely, you know, um, it's going to be interesting to see, too, with the weather, how that plays a factor when they go back to Philly. I think that's going to be the, the determining factor. I mean, obviously, the, the, the series isn't going to be decided in the first two games. You're going to have those middle three games in Philly. It's going to be a little chillier. We'll see how those bats do, you know, for both teams, actually, when they go back to Philly. And uh, But the, the pitching is definitely... Uh, the starting pitching seems to favor the Rays. I have to give a huge uh, bullpen edge to the the Phillies, though. I think that could be the deciding factor, especially you know the first couple games, depending on how long the starters go. But we'll see what happens. The Vegas runner. Now you're from Philly, the worst city I've ever been in, by the way. And Absolute going back for trash. games three and four. Absolute trash of a city. Uh, been the Veterans Stadium. You know, maybe it was because I was wearing my Cowboys gear. That's the reason Underneath why. Underneath in the jails or yeah. watching the game. <laughs> watching the game, uh. getting stuff, getting stuff thrown at me. Um, 
What's the word on the streets in Philly? How are people feeling? I know they're really excited for this. Going nuts. And uh, funny thing is, because most of the, the guys I, I know back home that I still speak to regularly, um, they book. So they're hating this. I mean, they're getting right. crushed right now. It's kind of like the Yankees. You know, if you're a book in, in New York. I used to be a book in New York, and when the Yankees made the World Series. It's the worst it. thing possible. Yeah. So they're hating it, and they're they're wearing Tampa jerseys as we speak. I can guarantee <laughs> you that. Um, but uh, myself, I'll tell you, I gave out a four-star today uh, on the series on the Phillies. And uh, the reason I did so isn't as much as believing that the Phillies are going to win this series as much as it has to do with the value is just too much to pass up. The opportunities to earn off that wager are too much to pass up. Because let me tell you, the last two years I look back, game one last year was minus 210, the home team. Before that was minus 180. Today we got Cole Hamels going in at a minus 105, minus 110 favorite. So you got the road team favored here. Now what you're telling me is we have a chance to take the Philadelphia Phillies at a plus 130 dog to win this series who will probably end up being favored in at least three of the first five games. Because when they return to Philadelphia, whether they're down 2 nothing, up 2 nothing, or split 1-1, they will be favored when they get back home. So the chances for you to come back and bet Tampa Bay right there is just too much value to pass up. So even though my heart and my work says go with the Phils, truth of the matter is I've made the series bet on the Phillies for one reason only, to try to earn because the price was right. Uh, this series is great. I don't know why. You know, I, I agree with you. That's all they keep saying. It's going to get terrible ratings. I think it has so many intriguing stories. They're comparing the Tampa Bay to the 69 Mets. Uh, you know, Philly, they get their chance to redeem themselves after getting knocked out last year. They were fa- they were supposed to do something then. They didn't do it. The thing I like about the Phillies is their maturity. And something mm-hmm. Maddie said about Tampa, you know, they beat Boston and that's huge for them. What I like about the Phillies is this. Leaving the podcast last week, Jimmy Rollins was interviewed by a local LA station, and I just caught it on the AM dial by accident. And he said something that that just stuck with me when I started breaking down this series. And he said, when they asked him, what is the difference between last year and this year? And he said, the biggest difference is everyone in that clubhouse knows that we have to win four games in a series. Last year, we didn't have that maturity. When we went down one nothing in the series, everyone was still relaxed. We figured it, it's a five-game series. It's a seven-game series. He said, this year, we approached every game as a must-win, as a crucial one-and-done. And I saw how quickly they disposed of Milwaukee, how quickly they disposed of the Dodgers. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that to this Rays team because they are a great team. But that mentality... Getting plus money, I just can't pass it but up. But and the way Tampa handled that game six. I mean, you and I, VR, both had big plays on Tampa Bay to close it out in game six. It, and they couldn't get it done. And, it seems like, and to me, that's what that's what worries me. It's because you're taking a st- step up. I do think this Phillies team is better than the Red Sox, too. A lot of people are like, Absolutely. oh, the Red Sox, no doubt the Red Sox were better. No, no, no I, I disagree. I think this Phillies team is better. They have the number one pitcher in, in the and playoffs. And the batting game. order. Exactly. The batting order. And just, you're not going to be able to fall back on that this year. <laughs> you, you can't you can't play a game six and go, oh, well, we're gonna, we have a game seven at home going to the next game. That did it. When they didn't close out. Yeah. Boston when they had to, and because they had to flip-flop the pitchers in Game 5 and 6, it totally took Madden out of how he would love to approach this World Series. Believe me, Kashmir may win tonight, but he should not be the Game 1 starter. 
All right, and for those of you just tuning in, Marco D'Angelo and Tommy Ryder are also here. Uh, <laughs> Me and Ronnie love baseball. But, uh, this is how we start. I can, I can tell you. Vegas Funder, you asked about the why people aren't interested in the series. Hate drives ratings. If you look at the highest rated Super Bowls, Cowboys. Highest rated World Series, Yankees. People watch to hate. Yeah, right. What's nobody not to hate, like with these but, guys? Right, but, yeah, 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 nobody hates They're probably too likable. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the thing. What's like, not to like? You're right. So I, I think if you asked a lot of people, they'd like to see both teams win the World Series. Yeah, absolutely. Where right. if you had the Red Sox in here, people can't wait to root against them. Yeah, absolutely. So right. I think that's the ratings thing. Now, Marco, if memory serves me correct, you weren't high on the Rays early on in this series. Matt, Maddie and I, we liked them. In the playoffs but, uh, at all, he didn't think they were going anywhere. Well, to be honest with you, I think where I changed that is them blowing that game when they had the 7 nothing lead. And Marco, we usually turn the phone off for these podcasts. The uh, <laughs> games, they blow the 7 nothing lead. And any other team, when Boston come back, won that game, then took game six and sent it to a game seven with the experience that Boston has, first time in the playoffs, any other team would have folded up. And they essentially did, though. I, I mean, they, they won game seven, but give me a break. But they won. I mean, that's huge. That, that's the key. They didn't. They didn't roll over and I die. didn't think they had a chance of getting The seven, entire honestly. world, they made. They lost what, game six, though. To me, that was rolling up and dying practically. Game seven, the betting public made the road team a favorite in game seven. Okay. That's unheard of. Matchup, though. It's unheard of. You had the best team in baseball. And they were a home underdog in Game Seven. Because well, that was because though history too. A team that went up three-one and lost two in a row was something let's, like. Let's be honest. Everybody thought the Red Sox were going to win. I mean, I don't want to. Let's not play. Oh, like when it. they tied it well, up, yeah, sure, the momentum well, was there, and everybody was. You listen to the ESPN. To everybody thought that the Red Sox were going to win that game. Everyone thought, like, like Marco said before, that the Rays couldn't handle the pressure. And that they were going to choke. Let's, let's realize, Mar- Marco obviously had the Rays in Game 7. He went with the system, which is very popular, which is take take a home dog in a Game 7, which is great. It worked out. But I'm still, I'm, I'm, what I, my whole point here is that you can say, yeah, you know what? If they would have lost Game 7, it would have been probably the biggest collapse next to the Yankees, get, you know, right. losing, to you know, 3-0. Or Cleveland. They right. won, but they still, honestly, to blow a 7 nothing lead in Game 5 was collapsing. Right. And then losing Game 6. But Marco was saying they had the composure to come to, back. To come back. Yeah. And that, that was their youth, too. I don't think yeah. they realized how right. big of a right. moment they but were what, in. But what you saw in Game 7 of the ALCS is they grew up. That team grew up, and now they fa- they faced everything that they could possibly face in a series in that oh, series. Oh, yeah, everybody expected them to go away down the stretch of the season, in the second half of the season, in the yes. playoffs. Sure, we, everybody's been expecting Tampa to go away until now, I think. I think now people are starting to ride the Rays. I've never seen a guy... And usually when you ride the Rays... <laughs> Is yeah. when they let you down. I, I've never seen a guy change his tune so much like Maddie has when his team's actually in position to do what he originally said. <laughs> it's no, not like the Rays choked and no. you're saying they stink. They're actually in position to, to win the World Series like you well, said. Well, they are, but I'm And you've saying, totally jumped off the bandwagon onto the Phillies. Well, honestly, if the Cubs were here, which they're not, I would be all over the Rays because the Cubs would choke. 
I just, I honestly feel the Phillies have a better team. Okay. And I, and I think. I just I hope they, they give to, us a series because I, the last six years, I don't think, yeah. well, one's gone past four games. Or the last four World Series, the, you know, the losers won one game. In the yeah, nothing's series, gone so. past five games since since the 90s. Right. So I wanted to be Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm give, give me yeah. games to bet and I'm a happy guy. Yeah, my, my whole point right, well, is that I, yeah, I just want to close out by saying, you know, I, I don't think that the Rays could do what they did, like, collapsing. If they sweep, they sweep. Well, no sooner. And, and, and then I was right in the first place, and whatever. So either way, but you can't be right. I can't, I can't lose. Basically. Is this right, another win-win, Matt, Maddie Matt, scenario? Maddie O'Shea find is. a way to do a win-win without the Cubs involved. <laughs> but see, listen, <laughs> we got to move on here. I, I we got to get to some football We've talk because well, my, get to my, absolutely nothing. My World Series prediction was the Cubs and the White Sox, so I've been done for three weeks. <laughs> but uh, we're gonna come back. We listen to the sports betting preview show for October twenty third of pregame.com podcast. We'll be right back with our Game of the Week, Giants-Steelers. Hi, this is Tommy Ryder from Pregame.com. The Pregame Cheat Sheet features everything you need to bet on the top TV games, including team tips, top trends, and key injuries each and every game day, all on one page. The Pregame.com content team also gives you their top consensus side and total plays of the day to help you beat the books. Visit the pregame.com homepage now to get info worth betting on today's top games and make sure to start your day with the pregame.com cheat sheet. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Sports Betting Preview Show for October 23rd, a pregame.com podcast. We're going to go into our game of the week, the Giants-Steelers. and uh, Coming up a little later, we're going to have our email question of the week and our podcast weekly selections. Uh, well, surprisingly, Texas isn't in the game of the week this week. I know they have been in the last two, and ironically, they could be this week. They're playing their third top ten team in a row, the Longhorns are. But we went to the NFL side this week with the Giants and the Steelers. We no, feel not, not Tampa Bay and Dallas? No. That's, uh, why would we review the worst team in football? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and you don't want to get me on that, trust me. But uh, the Giants and Steelers, two teams Dallas plays three times and will lose. Oh, they'll go 0-3 against those teams. Uh, meet this week. Two of the best teams in the league. You got the Giants. They had the one hiccup against Cleveland. I, to me, I, I give them a pass in that game. They didn't show up. I mean, let's be honest. Those Cleveland receivers were wide open. The Giants just weren't there. Steelers playing really good. Don't have Willie Parker yet. Vegas runners, you mentioned before we got on the the podcast, but still rolling. Maddie, Giants, Steelers, finally a huge game in the NFL. What do you think? You know, I was just reading actually something that uh, Willie Parker's is supposed to return this week. Yeah, so him I, and Palomalu probable. Oh, yeah, really? Because I just I, traded for Willie Parker in my fantasy league. Yeah, they, I, yeah, the last word I got before I came to the podcast was yeah. Hey, I was just doing some play. work on the free oh, okay. wire, and he. Uh, you know they're they're looking at him getting some carries this week at least. But uh, I was actually just reading some stuff about how how the Ravens put some uh, some bounties out on Rashad yeah. Mendenhall and uh, Heinz Ward. See, we need more of that. Yeah, Heinz yeah. Ward's taking back Buddy we need, Ryan. Well, yeah, we need, I mean, and that was even on the Cowboys, and I liked it. Yeah. We need more bounties and things like that. It's, it's good for talk, the sport. It's stuff to talk about. Well, yeah, I don't know if the Steers will have a, a bounty on Eli Manning, but I think that's uh, that's going to be really what decides this game. I mean. You know, we got two of the quarterbacks that came out in the same draft. You know, these two guys are, you know, Ben. They both got Super Bowls already. You know, which is yeah. which is remarkable, and they could be meeting each other again. I mean, in the Super Bowl this year, I I wouldn't I I would not be surprised if this was the Super Bowl matchup come down the line. So I mean, I think it's it's very big for Pittsburgh. Obviously, you know, at at home, 
Um, you know, the Giants, I mean, had that ridiculous home winning or road winning streak that came to an end in Cleveland. But I agree with you 100% that, you know, that was really a hiccup. They just didn't come to play. This is a much more serious game. And like we were talking about before the uh, podcast is that the Steelers' schedule is, is was before the season one of the toughest schedules, I think, in over 20 years as far as being put together with the teams from the previous year. And, you know, some of the games haven't obviously turned out that way as far as That's being why you should games. look at that stuff but, before the season. But this, this is probably one of their toughest remaining games on the schedule. Yeah, and one thing I'll say is if the Steelers want to be a Super Bowl team, i got to see something from their offensive line in this game. Don't forget who the Giants' defensive coordinator is, Steve Spagnola, who took what the Eagles did to the Patriots last year and did it to them in the Super Bowl. You know Spagnola's watched that Eagles tape of their eight sacks against the Giants. So the Steelers, to me, they have all the ingredients of a Super Bowl team. I need to see that pass protection because the Giants will be coming at them Absolutely. with the defensive line, with the blitzes. So I think this is a very intriguing game. Very much so. Vegas runner, Giants, three-point dogs, great road team. Probably lines right on the money. Do you see any value? One I, way or the I, I other think here? it is. You're, you're, you hit it right on the head, Tommy. The line is where it should be. If they were playing in New York, New York would be a three-point favorite. They're playing in Pittsburgh, so Pittsburgh is the three-point favorite. Um, my surprise was when I saw the opening number. Uh, I saw Pinnacle open it off short, minus one, and I saw the strip properties open it at two and a half. They've all settled at three, and that tells me that, you know, those that told me that we will see Parker and Palomalu play this week, I, I think that's going to happen, especially now that it's at three. Uh, the total had opened, what, 44, dropped down to 42. That was a little surprising because both these teams could put up points. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like is that they're both coming off wins. They're both coming off double-digit wins, and they're both coming off covers. So we don't have anything like a letdown situation or a bounce back or a team playing below, you know, and what they're capable of doing. So I think we should get the best game from both teams. Uh, when you look at the, the Giants, they haven't played anyone since week one when they faced the Washington Redskins the first game of the season. Uh, let's face it. I agree as far as the Cleveland game. That that you, that's a we'll give them a mulligan yeah, it is for what that. It is. that. It is what it is exactly. Well, neither team played good against Cleveland. They're no, and, and, and that, that it was just a perfect setup for the Cleveland Browns exactly. that Monday night. I mean, it, it you can't put any stock into that. But the truth of the matter is, the Giants are the Super Bowl champs, so we have to respect them for that. But they haven't been tested so far this year. So that leaves me uh, uh, tell you the truth right now where I stand. I have no play on the game. I really have to dig up something before kickoff to make a move on this play. Um, otherwise, it's one of them. I'm going to love to watch yeah, it. I can't wait to watch I'm it. hoping Tommy's right and the Giants are able to to show up and, and even beat this team because I think then that'll add more value to the Steelers as a future bet to win the Super Bowl. Um, I'm putting that out there. I last week when I went by the Hilton, they were 18 to one. I couldn't believe it. Uh, my laziness. I didn't go back down the bet them. Uh, right away today, they're 10 to one. I heard 10 or 11 to one. I still think that's a lot of value. Uh, I'm going to listen to TR on this one and sit back because if the Giants do win this game, it'll go higher. I'll get more for my money. I think that's this is one of them games you're going to want to see. You got to watch yeah. the game. And uh, I, I'm not going to play the game either. I kind of like the Giants simply because of the blitzing, and I think they'll give them trouble. One thing I'll mention about New York though is 
They have had some trouble with 3-4 defenses. Cleveland gave them trouble. The Cowboys gave them trouble at times last year. The Patriots in the Super Bowl. Remember, the Giants' offense didn't do that much in the no, Super Bowl for the final not. drive. And, you know, my boy Lamar Woodley, Tommy Ryder, predicted would be in the Pro Bowl, seven and a half sacks. You know, Marco, the young linebackers, the fast linebackers are back in Pittsburgh. Woodley, Timmons, th- those guys have been getting after the quarterback. So I think... If anything, I think it could be a low-scoring game here. I think maybe that's why we yeah, saw the, it. The, the Sharks agree with you, Tommy. That's what they're betting. And, uh, Marco, you're a stinking homer. What <laughs> well, do you think about this game? Well, I'll give you some information on the game. Uh, I'm not going to pick a side on this game right now because, as you know, I generally come out with a play involving the Steelers one way or the other. And so we'll have to wait to the weekend to see what I'm doing there. But one thing with the line dropping – um, if Parker is back, that's going to be an indication for them to bring the total down. And you say, well, why when you're bringing a star running back back? Well, that means the Steelers are going to go back to more of a smash-mouth style you know, offense, and that's going to eat clock. But really, you're running into you know, a couple strengths here with these two teams. The Steelers automatically always think defense. And the Steelers, once again this year, they just do not allow a 100-yard rusher. There's only been one team that ran for 100 yards on him this year, and that was Baltimore, uh, ran 33 uh, rushing attempts for 103 yards. Um, The Giants on the other side of the coin, every one of their outings have been over 100 yards rushing. So you got, you know, two strengths, you know, going against one another there. Uh, The other part, you know, you mentioned it, that the Giants haven't played anybody. They had one good game, that was Washington, but on the same token, the best team that Pittsburgh played this year would be a toss-up between Philadelphia and Baltimore. In Baltimore, you had a rookie, you know rookie quarterback thrown into a Monday night game, and the Philadelphia game, you know that they was a per- six points. They mm-hmm. scored six points They're against Philly. Yeah, and, you know, and the blitzing was that, very that very was a that, that was a thirty to six game disguised as a sixteen exactly. To six game. I agree. Right. So you know we'll see what happens on the weekend. I am going to have something on this game on the weekend. It's going to be a great game to watch. You got two five and one teams, not only five and one straight up, but five and one against the spread. When these teams win, they cover. And I think what you said. See, you know what makes me sick? I get sick when I watch the Dallas Cowboys play the Rams or the Denver Broncos play the Patriots. And that weak, sickening football. Nobody tackling, everybody not in position. Well, teams just giving up so early in the game. But just like guys not taking on blockers like they're supposed to. It's just weak football. You will not see this in this game. No, nobody's taking on These are two tough, hard nosed teams. It's going to be a physical game, it's going to be a hard hitting game. And if. It's hard to get big games in the NFL because those are in the playoffs, in my opinion. But this, to me, is a big game. It's going to be a good game. So That's why it's on Sunday Night Football. What I love the most about this, too, is that it's such a huge game, and the money coming in is totally split down the middle. I mean, every book I talked to said, Ace, flip a coin. For every Steeler bet we've booked, we're taking a Giants bet, and vice versa. And that, to me, tells me that, you know, they're... This game's going to get so much volume. The books are so happy to have that kind of game on the schedule. And I just hope it lives up to it. Usually they don't. You know, it never lives up to the billing. But uh, these two do have the potential to give us a great 60 minutes of football. Yeah, Maddie's still on baseball over here. It's, it's not actually a Sunday night game. They have something called the World Series. Series going on. Yeah. 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 I put it in the, the cheat sheet as a Sunday night <laughs> no, game. That's not, is that the reason? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yes. not the reason I heard. I heard Vegas said no more Sunday night games because VR <laughs> is just killing us on Sunday night. Every game. Doubt it. Every game. I would not doubt it. Every game. Well, and I was so disappointed when I saw no Sunday night game. <laughs> 
Well, terrible. You're going to have to hit the baseball game. You have to do something. Yeah. You know, we, we have no choice. We have no Hopefully, it'll be at the baseball game. He'll be hitting something. I'm sorry. I'll be there. I'll be there, guys. Look look for the pregame shirt. <laughs> well, there you go. You got the game of the week. You got the Giants and the Steelers. Um, well, you know what time it is now? It's the bad beat of the week. And this is from our buddy Jumper Jack, an, uh, a weekly listener of the show. Yep, yeah, that's... That was probably Jumper crying after this one, and to be honest, he should have been. It was the Akron-Eastern Michigan game. Uh, Jumper had Eastern Michigan. They were winning 35-34. He's getting three and a half points. So Akron's driving. They're going to kick the winning field goal. Great. He's still going to win. Field goal block. All right. He still wins. Nope. It's recovered by Akron for a first down after the block field goal. Next play, they score a touchdown, go for two, win by seven. I mean, that is a tough beat. That, that I mean, they don't get they don't get tougher than that, especially the the, the change in emotions. You know, you, you you first you need to stop, you get the stop, then you need to feel. They, oh, they blocked it, great, and then first down, touchdown, game over. That's why they call it gambling. Yeah, change jumper from a winning week to a losing week on that stupid uh, blocked field goal. But uh, that's the bad beat of the week. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our weekly selections and the email question of the week. This is Matty O'Shea, Pregame.com's GM of Content, and I'm here to tell you about the Pregame Wire, which is your source for breaking sports betting news, giving you injury and lineup alerts each and every game day. If a key player is out, the Pregame Wire will tell you before you bet the game, giving you the edge you need to be a smart and informed better. For fantasy football players, the Pregame Wire is also a must-visit page to find out who is in and who is out of your lineup every week. Just go to pregame.com and click Wire Alerts on the left side to get the Pregame Wire alerts right now. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to the Sports Betting Preview Show for October 23rd of Pregame.com Podcast. Coming up in a few minutes are our exclusive podcast selections. But first, the email question of the week. It is email, and uh, Maddie's still busy giving me all his football runs over here that I'm writing down. So, Marco, why don't you take this? Well, as Lee Corso would say, not so fast, my friend. We got some unfinished business from last week. We didn't get to hear the Tommy Ryder story. Last week we had a question. They wanted to know how we got started in the business, and uh, you were out sick, and you missed that. So everybody wanted to hear it, so we're going to have a little finishing touch to last week. All right, well, the reason I got into the business is one word, lazy. I didn't feel like working. And uh, I thought, you know what would be nice living? Sitting around picking games. So for about 10 years, that's what I did. I just bet. I didn't have a job. And, uh, I, you know, I got my books. I always I keep all my books that I have. And this is, you know, and I, I, was, I was out of control back in the day. Vegas runner used to run. I used to run for myself. I was mm-hmm. handing off money all over the place. I mean, this is just a Thursday college basketball. 600, 300, 500, 500, 500, 300, 500, 700, 600. I mean, that's just college basketball. That's a, I wasn't working at the time. So I did that for about, you know, 10 years. And I, I did well. You know, I obviously... I didn't have to stop, so I was doing pretty well. Didn't have to steal things, didn't have to sell any drugs. I, I was living pretty well. But as is the most case with gamblers, the story doesn't always end well. Uh, I, I finally went bust, had a had a tough time, you know, uh, really ran into some trouble. So at that point, I decided to go back to school, you know, quit gambling. That's it, I'm done. 
So second year in a college, I'm not going out of state, and it's it's ton of ton of money. It looked like I was going to have to go home. I didn't I didn't have enough. I didn't get the financial aid I thought I was going to get. So what am I going to do to make money? Only one thing I can do. So I started gambling again, but this time, and this is where the change came. I was a much more educated gambler back in the day. I was just gambling so I didn't have to work. You know, and I knew a lot about sports, and and I would. But this time, I took my mistakes from the past and said, where did I go wrong here? Where did I go? And, and I actually started coming up with some betting systems and things like that. And you found and, pregame.com? Yeah, well, yeah, I found pregame, and I started taking Maddie's picks for free, the <laughs> prop play of the day. And uh, <laughs> No, but you were posting on Post Your Plays, though, right? Yeah, I was or going there. Yeah, I, yeah, I found Post Your Plays. But, you know, and I was just, yeah, and I was reading stuff on, like, what, what guys did, and I came up with some good things. And what I did was I said, you know a lot about sports. Use that to your advantage winning games instead of just, you know, picking this or picking that. Actually have some kind of system. So that's where I really started getting pretty good at it. And, um, you know, then I got out of college. I worked to work for the Patriots, and uh, me and RJ just started talking about doing some content and things like that. And then it, here I am. But the thing I I know gamblers like I know the degen I, I know what it means to be in the dumps, just to, to be down money. I know the highs of being up money, and so that's basically that's basically where I came from. My father was a degenerate gambler. I mean, a lot of the things I I, I kind of feel bad because I didn't take one of his theories uh, last week. I should have had the Detroit Lions. His theory is when a winless team. Almost wins the game, the one like they did against the the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Almost wins and then goes on the road the next next week. You know he says take that team again because they're flying high off that off that. But if they go, he's got some weird theory. It's really mm-hmm. I don't know how it works, but it does. But the Lions covered and I, I should have had it, but I just can't bet the Lions. So that's where that's where I came from. I'm not you know I've been in the business thirty years like Marco and Vegas runner. I'm hoping someday to. To be as good a cappers as they are, because I mean, these guys—that's that's what you're striving for. You know, you're, if you if you're in handicapping, you want to be Marco D'Angelo. That's that's the type of thing you're striving for, and that's what I'm striving for. Well, that's a great story, Tommy. You know, we're glad to have you at pregame.com. And um, moving to this week's question of the week, and it's another question for all four of us. Uh, guys, want to get all of our uh, secrets here, and it comes from Goodfellow. And this question is, what are the top factors you look at when handicapping a football game, NFL and college? After you come up with your own game line for the game, you're looking at. I'd be interesting to hear how some of you uh, handicap the games and what differs between us. So let's start things off and let's go to the man from Vegas and we'll go to Vegas Runner. No problem. I love that good fellow, man. That kid is always looking to learn. He is. He's got and the he, passion. He always is trying to pick your brain. Um, it's just a stand-up guy, man. And if, if and he has anybody, your back too. Anybody out there that I would be willing to share stuff with yeah. is this guy, man. To tell you the truth, and uh, like I told him, I'm, before I publish, I'm giving him, him every system I have. But uh, to get to it, the truth of the matter is, the one thing that I was told, um, actually, when I was running for one of the sharpest groups out here. Um, I got an opportunity to have dinner with their main handicapper. And a question that I asked him, and I'll never forget this, I said, if, if you were to die tomorrow and I was to ask you now, if there's one thing you could teach me, one thing you could tell me to become a good handicapper, what would you tell me to do? And it took him all two seconds to say, learn to create your own line. 
And I, I, I said, yeah, that I understand that, but what do you mean? He said, let me put it to you this way. If you don't have a price to compare, how do you know there's what the price should be? So right away, it made total sense. How can you bet a game if you don't have your own opinion of what the line should be? How can you look at a line, a game that's Dallas minus 7, and like Dallas, if your line isn't Dallas minus 10? It just it doesn't make sense. Um, you're doing it backwards if that's not what you do. So number one, you have to make your numbers. And I, I, I'll pass this along too. I'll do it for good fella. What he told me to do is create two numbers. It's called He called it the fair line and the true line. The true line is what you really think this team's better than the other team. So if you think Team A is actually 21 points better than Team B, they'll blow them out, then that's your true line, 21. But obviously, then you have to make your fair line. What would the bookmakers put up? You know, they can't put 21 up just because they think a team's going to blow out the other team. You know, if, if they need to get balanced money, they have to factor in public perception. They have, there's so many things have to get added into that number. So then you make a line that if you were the bookie, what line would you put out there to have guys argue on both sides? That's where you'll see where the difference is. You'll have two lines to compare the odds makers number to. Now what you have to do is you have all week to find reasons why is my line different than his. Am I missing something or is he missing something? Is there an injury? You know, the public perception. What did this team do last week? That's the first thing I do. And what I want to tell people is I know it's hard to create a line for Kent, you, Miami O. I understand that. But start in the NFL. Start in a conference. Start in the SEC if you're going to do college. Start just in the Big Ten. But start getting into the habit of before you even look at what they post, post your own. Like I, have, I see all the time as people are running, oh, what are they going to put up for the Super Bowl? Don't worry about what they're going to put up for the Super Bowl. What are you putting up for the Super Bowl? What do you think the Super Bowl line should be? Because what you need to understand is they're not a godlike entity. They're human beings like you and me. Right. They don't have a supercomputer that no one else could get. So you have the power to create a stronger line than LVSC does. You truly do have that power. That's the number one thing that I, I think you need to do. There's other things, of course, that I have listed here, but I'll pass it on to you guys. I'm sure a lot of these things you are going to cover. Well, and that's, that was great information. So now if I have Tampa Bay as a 21-point favorite over the Cowboys, which I do, and the Cowboys are a three-point favorite, you say I, I should take, take Tampa Bay. <laughs> With all you got. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the you want me to go next, Marco? You're, oh, you're leading this. You're leading this well, charge. Well, you're just well, sitting there staring at me. Well, you know, I'm just in the utter amazement. But uh, go ahead, Tommy. Yeah. Well, and I'm I do the same thing Vegas Runner does. I'm not quite as good as as him yet, and I, that's one of the things I work at. What I, what I try to do is play off my strengths too, along with some of the things these guys do, and that's talk to people I know. And see, you know, is anyone injured? Is is this guy going to play? Is this guy going to play? And it doesn't always work. You know, when you work the phones, you see what you can get. That's why I don't have an inside the huddle play every single week. Because when I don't have information, I don't pass it along as if I do. So that's one of the things. The other thing is, I I try to know all the coaches what they what they like to do, what they who they like to who they if they like to blitz if they don't like to blitz. And you know, I'll give you something right now. The USC and Arizona is going to be a tough game for Arizona because Pete Carroll 
is going to take that rinky-dink passing attack that they Arizona tries to put out there, and he's going to blitz the living crap out of it. Because that's how Pete Carroll deals with those kind of passing attacks. So those are the type of things I like to look at, match up things. And, you know, if I also give you one of my weaknesses right now and then pass it off to Marco, because I know it's his strength, is looking at a number. Marco's going to tell you something about East Carolina, the East Carolina game he had last week, and just looking at a number. That's something that I'm trying to get better at. So, Marco, why don't you tell us how you, you, you have an uncanny ability to look at a number and know why it's not right. Well, you know, power ratings, a lot of people work off of them. I've never been a guy that's done power ratings. Um, I just have a feel for when I see the number and I look at what the teams involved have been doing, to me, the number's high or low, and Vegas is trying to, to goat you into one of the sides. Uh, last week, I had my biggest play of the year so far in college football it was East Carolina over Memphis. And I like to do a thing whenever I break a game down. I call it, you know, the who, what, where, and why. And I look at a team. I look at who they just played. I look at, you know, where they played, what type of game it was. And when I say by what type of game, the Memphis-East Carolina game last week, Memphis had played the week before. They played Louisville. Okay, a team that's had a lot of success the last few years. You know, they've had a lot of good quarterbacks come through Louisville. And Memphis was on a rare TV game. Mm-hmm. When's Memphis on a nationally televised game? Not very often. Unless they're playing, Unless playing basketball. basketball. Yeah. Unless yeah. they're playing basketball. <laughs> but they were on Friday night on ESPN. They played a game where they went up and down the field, both teams. It was a 35-28 final. Memphis lost the game. And anybody that watched that game knows that Memphis should have won that game. Louisville was lucky to win that game. But they lost it. So coming off an emotional high of a rare TV game, they played Louisville, and now they're traveling on the road to play East Carolina, who East Carolina, the last couple games they had sucked after they got off to their great start at the beginning of the season when they upset Virginia Tech and West Virginia in back-to-back games. East Carolina was laying over a touchdown. And you look at Memphis, going into the East Carolina game, Memphis had scored 28 points against Louisville, 33 points against UAB, 29 against Arkansas State, and 31 the game before that. This team was a scoring machine, and they were getting over a touchdown. It was a, To me, it was a sucker bet to take Memphis. I knew they would come in flat. And then I say the who, what, when, and why. Look at who they're playing this week. They're playing Southern Miss, which Southern Miss is a down year this year mm-hmm. for them. But they've been the perennial powerhouse of that conference for how long? It was a perfect spot for a flat spot. Those are the type of things that I look at. It's unconventional, but it has made me a very, very healthy living for the last 29 years is thinking outside the box. Yeah, and I want to give you a pregame golden nugget for that. And I think everybody should write that down, the who, what, where, and why. Because when I first when I first started here, I had a real bad Saturday. And uh, Marco was getting the emails telling me how, you know, I should be strung up and killed. And so we went out to lunch, and I just said, you know, I said, here were my games. I, I felt strong about them, but, you know, it just it, it didn't happen. And I asked him his opinion, and he told me about the who, what, where, and why. And now when I look at a game, I take that into consideration. And i gotta, I got to be honest with you, it's, it's amazing the changes that, I, that I've had over the few weeks because now there's so many TV games. There's teams that are on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And like you said, Marco, like San Jose State's on this Friday. That's their Super Bowl. Yeah, motivation's huge. Yeah. you, you got to look at who they played and who they're playing. Right. That definitely is influenced into the number now. It's huge because of the – I think it has to do a lot with, with the Internet. 
because information is so out there. People are digging that up. They know how this team plays after they, you know, they play Alabama and things like that. So I think it's critical. Marco brought up an excellent point. You really have to take that stuff into consideration at all time. Motivation is huge, probably bigger in college sports than it is in pro for one reason. Pro, there's more parity. Where college, motivation is money. Uh, uh, yeah, it, in college, you know, a, a low tier team when they play a top three school, they're not going to beat them. You could put them two teams on the field a hundred times. Mm-hmm. The only way you're going to catch a bet with them is with the point spread. Right. You know, so I think motivation is huge. And Maddie, I know numbers are huge with you. You you love you love to dig into the trends and things like that. What do you look at when you break down? A game? Well, I think it's a combination of what all these guys say. I want to build a little on what VR said. I mean, I think the motivation is one of the things that that I look at the most, especially especially on these TV games with the college uh, teams. I mean, this is honestly it's one of the biggest things that's helped me stay unbeaten on Thursday nights this year. Like I've, I've cashed seven. Straight college you, games. You got a horn on that uh, soundboard where we can toot the horn every time you. I'll let you guys do that, but but here's the thing. Yeah, you guys you do your blowjob faces somewhere else. It's so funny if anybody could see these guys doing their blowjob faces. They obviously know how to do them, which is very bizarre. Because I, 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 you couldn't you couldn't tell me how to make that up. I just don't know. But I think Marco knows it pretty damn well. He does it the best. Um, anyway, let's get back to what we're talking about here: the motivational stuff. And this is obviously it's one of the big things. It, Thursday night, it's it's each each team's Super Bowl, you know, like coming in, especially the home teams, the way they're playing. There was a great trends with the the home dogs, how they were performing. You had Oregon State, you know, beat USC as a twenty some point dog. Yeah, so I mean, it's stuff like that. I think another good thing building on kind of what VR was saying as well with the uh, with the way you look at making the lines. Is you know what's helped me a lot this year in particular is working on the, the pregame cheat sheet and kind of talking with Tommy every day yeah. about what we're going to make the projected scores. That's because, huge. Because, that's what I have written right here. You have to have come up yeah, with a projected because score. Because it's one right? thing you because we have the lines built in, but then it's coming up with the realistic projected score. I mean, eleven points, twelve and a half points, all these weird spreads that come out. Then when you try to put that to a score and figure in the total and then actually coming up with that, if you see it like all a, starts to make yeah, sense. If you see it a touchdown to difference sense. or something like that, you know, it's gonna be strong enough and to make because it a play. You do the cheat sheet though, you go through so much information exactly. that after a while you start to learn what's pertinent to covering a spread and what isn't, what you could toss aside. And I think that just comes with experience. That there in this business, the one thing I could tell you, good fella, and anyone out there listening, is you will constantly keep learning. Just when you think you found a system that works, you're gonna need to yeah, you evolve. Gotta be you're open. gonna need to fix it. You're gonna need to perfect it. You're gonna have to come up with another one, a one even better. And I think I think that's the best thing about the forums and everybody on the forums is everyone is open to teaching everybody different things. And if if you're not closed minded and you're not willing to just go, I'm just gonna follow my one system. Every, you know, you can't just rely on one system all the time no way. because it's not gonna win. Consistently, I've learned time. so much from guys on the forum that I don't even well, we've, talk I think to. we've all learned from each other just doing these podcasts. Absolutely. Every week. So I mean, you can't, you got to be willing to learn every every week, every day. All right, good fellow. There, there's your answer. Uh, some good stuff from everybody here. I hope and uh, like Vegas Runner said, good fellow always willing to thirst learn. for knowledge. Yep. Man, I love guys like that. And the teaser master, the guy knows how to tease like you wouldn't believe. We'll be sending a $25 coupon to Good Feather 
Good fellow, excuse me. Uh, tomorrow, I look for it in your email tomorrow morning. Dude, he's so hot, he don't need no coupon. Well, <laughs> he just don't need no coupon. Ne- never hurts to have a coupon. <laughs> All right, so now it's time for our weekly selections. Um, I-, I wasn't here last week. I- I'm pretty sure I gave out a winner. I don't know what Marco gave you, but I... I said something. You, you didn't have a loser, so of course you had, had to yeah, be a winner. It must have been a winner. But uh, we're going to start off. Now, Matty O'Shea is, Matty, you are seventh in the, ninth. no, ninth, ninth. In, the, in college Marcos, football. Marcos, Marcos seventh. Seventh. you're ninth in college football at the Sports Monitor. You were, went 6-0 and in your football picks last weekend. You picked up 14 units, and I've given you your new nickname, Mister Thursday Night. Oh, You're I appreciate eight that. and O on Thursday nights this year. And now that's is a that, big one tomorrow? Is that just football, me. or is it football and baseball? The eight and O. That's no, everything, well, actually, right? On the, the ba- night? over the last month between baseball and and college football, I'm eight and O. But then also for the season, including the the first NFL game. So I'm seven and O the last seven weeks on Thursdays in college, and then hit the first one with the Giants under in the first. Game. All right, so you are but, red hot in college I, football. Yeah, it's prime time game of the year tomorrow in the in, in one of the games. So uh, that's yeah, that's that's my big. So play now going. you have your prime time game of the year in college for football Thursday. On Thursday. He's got a good read Thursday. and a great angle on it. Yeah, dude. I, I love the angle. Dude, we talked I about might steal that play myself. I love the angle. Big, on big it. motivational angle in that one. So okay, we'll, we'll see what happens. So but, now, who do you have for your inside the numbers play for the podcast? Well, now the inside the numbers play, I'm kind of going. Uh, I'm thinking a little, a little like Marco on this one, I think. And uh, and like Mark Lawrence, to be honest with you, he actually put a, a nice blog up on the blogs today about taking taking a, a lower ranked team uh, when two unbeaten teams play at this late in the season, like just with the amount of points involved. And I think you know in the game between Texas and Oklahoma State, we have a, a good situation to take Oklahoma State. To be honest with you, because I just think it's too many points. I mean, I, I don't think Texas is going to lose this game, but you know they're they they are. I don't think they're going to go unbeaten either, and someone's going to trip them up over the next couple weeks, you know, and uh, maybe not till the Big Twelve championship game. But they can't keep covering like the they have. Road they can't be, keep covering like they did either. I think we saw a lot from uh, Missouri uh, in the Missouri game uh, from Oklahoma State. You know, Oklahoma State seven and zero against the spread in their last seven games. You know, they're going to be coming in there. Uh, you know, and I think that's going to be a, game, a, a tough spot just because of the way Oklahoma State plays with their running game. Everyone, what's happened the last couple weeks, Missouri got caught in a tough spot. They're, obviously, the passing game is their strength. Same with Texas, te- I mean, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's top, you know, they're, they're trying to get in a shootout with, that, with them. The thing that Oklahoma State did against Missouri was they, they tried to control the, the tempo of the game, keep it like more of a running game, and they obviously pull off the major upset. I'm not saying they're going to pull that off, but I think they could definitely stay within double digits. There. Yeah, and uh, the the problem for Texas this week is going to be, as you said, Zach Robinson, in my opinion, best dual threat quarterback in college football, and that includes Tim Tebow. I think he's just a he's tough to stop with the run in the past, and that's gonna that's gonna be a different kind of challenge for the Texas defense. So we got Oklahoma State. Marco's writing, he's sniffing, he's got it all going on there. Marco, the stench play of the week, what are you sniffing? Now, Marco, wait, for first, though, I, I should mention, the, the Godfather is just destroying in the NFL. Seventh in the NFL at the Sports Monitor, that's all documented. 16-4 and four the last two weeks. You won your warm-up game of the year on East Carolina, as you said last week. You have your college game of the year going this week, and I can't believe... 23 Sounds like and, another blowjob here. <laughs> 23-5. 
lifetime in your college game of the year. I hope if I'm alive 28 years from now, I'm 23 and 5. What do you got for your stench play this week? Well, we're going to go to the uh, NFL, and I appreciate all the props there. We're going to look at a game, um, Cleveland-Jacksonville. And this game, the line just smells to me. Uh, they got the game at 7. And you had last week, you had Cleveland go into Washington as a 7-point dog. And they ended up covering in a 14-11 to game. A very misleading game. Two things that I'm going to point out in considering the line. One, right now, if you put Washington and Jacksonville on, you know, neutral fields, Washington is a favorite. Washington's a better team than Jacksonville right now. Jacksonville's not living up to what they were supposed to do this year. They've had injuries all year. Yet, the Vegas line makers making this game the same number as last week. You had Cleveland come off the Monday night game against the Giants in which, you know, that was their best game of the season, 35-14. They took the momentum out on the road and managed to cover somehow with only getting 236 yards of offense. It was sick last week. I look for them to get blown out this week. The other point why I like Jacksonville, Vegas put this up at the full touchdown. Jacksonville does not have a win by more than seven points this year. They have one win of seven points. The other two wins were three and two points. Yet they're laying seven points here. They want you to take Cleveland here. Jacksonville's off the bye, chance to get some of the players healthy. They righted the ship going into the bye at 3-3. Three and three. They're going to come out with momentum to build on the rest of the season and make their playoff run, and it starts today. I got Jacksonville. I got them winning by two touchdowns. All right, easy win for the Jaguars, says uh, the godfather Marco D'Angelo. Um, Vegas runner. Yeah. No need for head. VR gets enough. Good to know. Good to know. I'll just prop myself. No, in all honesty, it's no secret. I'm having the, the toughest season of my life in, in college football. Um, actually, college basketball had started off like that, to tell you the truth, too, and then just caught fire and ended up winning over 100 units when the season was finally over. Will that happen in college football? I don't know. I'm hoping and I'm going to keep plugging away. Fortunately, the pros have been kicking ass for me. As expected, and uh, last week was another really good week, eleven and three. Uh, but I'm going to take it back to college because Stanford's bad beat last week. That last second drive by UCLA got under my skin enough. That said, this week's podcast, I'm going to bring a three star to the podcast, and it's going to be a college one. I already uploaded this into the system for my clients, uh, my subscribers. That way, they could get the best number, guys. Nothing against the podcast people. I want you following along, also. But I had to give it out to them because I knew this game would get steamed. Kent State's going at at Miami, Ohio. The line opened at 8. Quickly, the Sharps jumped all over Kent, and understandably so. Um, It's down to 7. I think it's going to go down to 6.5. Might even go to 6 before game time. Uh, I love Kent in this spot. One reason, the biggest reason, is the running game. I think they're going to have a huge edge because this is a team that rushes for 42 times a game, 42 attempts a game, 205 yards rushing overall, 215 on the road. Now, I know they're not a good team. I understand they're 1-6. But what that tells me is they do not get phased. They don't get off their game plan. They're going to run the ball no matter what. And when I look at that Miami-Ohio team, I see they score 18 points a game, They score 16 in conference average, 
So when you're scoring less than 20 points a game, it's really tough to cover a seven-point number. Um, you have to have some kind of explosive offense, and I just don't see it. They rush for 100 yards overall, only 96 at home. I think it's just too high of a number for them to cover. They were a favorite of this high one time all year. It was at home against Temple, and they lost that game 28-10. to um, Kent's had two weeks to prepare. They've been home since the game against Ball State in September 27th. And the last two games in this series, have, was com- uh, the final score was won by like a combined nine points the last two games. And the uh, road team has won four of the last five, and Kenton's the road team again. Um, finally, public perception. Last game for Miami O, they were a nine-and-a-half-point dog to Bowling Green. What did they do? They went in, and they won the game 27-20. So that tells me this line's way inflated. I made my number two and a half. Those I talked to around town made it three. Uh, I say grab the seven. Easy money. I wouldn't be surprised to see Kent win the game outright. So uh, grabbing Kent plus seven is my podcast game of the week. Early steam. All right. So uh, Vegas runner, that uh, sounds good to me. I, I don't know that much buying? about I'm buying. I don't know that much <laughs> about Kent, but the... What are you doing over there, Marco? Remind you, we got to talk about the coupon for our listeners. Oh, go this ahead. guy just wants to give things away. Yeah, it's my job. My well, you're writing to... things on pads. You're holding things up. Just say you want to talk about the coupon. Tommy, we're friends. friends. I want to talk. Don't want to talk about the coupon. Do I get to make my pick? I was, was going to say, I'm dying to see what this guy likes, and here he is. Let's squeeze it in here, okay? We just want to remind the callers. Callers, the listeners, that you can use a coupon, and this coupon's in honor of Tommy uh, on his return. It's Welcome Back 20, and all one word, Welcome Back 20, and use that coupon, $20 off. You can buy anything at Pregame Pros. You can take uh, Tommy, great week last week, 8-0 and in college football Final. last Saturday. That's one of my coupons. We're waiting for that. 8-0. <laughs> Good job, Tommy. And I want to get the coupon in before your pick. I wanted to give you some props there on. So last thank you week. very much. Yes, I finally got a little hot in college football. Thank a God. A little hot. But uh, so uh, that's like I was a little cold. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go to co- my early insider play is going to be in college. I am going to be releasing my five unit game of the year in the NFL this week. I only release three five unit plays in football: one in college, one in the NFL, and one during the bowl season. That's it. So this is my top NFL play of the season going this Sunday. My podcast play is going to be Wake Forest over Miami. You know, people I talk to, and I've talked to them quite a bit over the last couple of years, this Randy Shannon's just not getting the job done in Miami. It's I don't want to hear the, it takes time for these guys. Look what's happening in Alabama. It doesn't take time. It didn't, back in the early 90s in, in Miami, it doesn't take, these guys, they're a talented football team. He's recruited well. So, in other words, he's a John Cooper. He can bring in the groceries. He just can't fix well, the meal. he's been there for a few years, too. I yeah. Mean, he was part of the program. Right. So. And, and he's just, I mean, and one thing I can't stand with coaches, if you ever want to know if a coach is good or not, if you just want to take a look and know, if he's never talking on the sidelines, he's a bad coach. You look at Wade Phillips, he's never saying a word. Aren't you the coach? Look at Wade Phillips and then look at Jeff Fisher and Bill Belichick. Look at the difference with what they do on the sidelines. You look at Randy Shannon, he's always standing there. He's got a confused look on his face. It's, and now you got Jim Grove, one of the best coaches in college football. What happens last week? 
They get embarrassed at Maryland, just totally wiped out. And I feel that they're going to come back strong. They're a very fundamentally sound team. I expect them to play well. And the thing about Miami is they're just, every time you think they're about to turn the corner, they don't get it done. They gave up a ton of points to Florida State. They don't play well defensively. And I think the misdirection and the things that Wake Forest does on offense is going to drive that team crazy, similar to what Virginia did to them last year by running a lot of bootlegs and waggles, and they were totally confused. I like Wake Forest to win that game outright. Good job. Is that it? I guess that's uh, we done finally. Is, Is it over? Is it over? Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is! Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Well, it is over. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Be sure to check out pregamepros.com for any of us or the other great pregame.com handicappers. Maddie, do you want to swear any more before we uh, go off the air? You got any other obscene words you want to? What did the words? You want to call Marco? <laughs> you done for the night? That's it. Not at all. He's the Godfather. Okay. Um, we we appreciate everybody listening in, and we will check you back next week with the Sports Betting Preview Show, a pregame.com podcast.